Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. And as always, we've got a lot of ground to cover in the fastest 60 minutes of radio. As we try to help you slow things down just a little bit, divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, connect the dots, and help you make the news make sense on a Tuesday. And, of course, we always want you to join in and help us elevate that conversation. You can do that on our Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line at 57500. And as we look at what's happening uh, around the planet today, uh, of course, uh, all eyes continue to be on uh, Washington as the House uh, will take up the uh, pandemic relief bill, the $1.9 trillion package uh, that was uh, passed in the Senate over the weekend. Uh, they'll take that up today. The vote is not expected to take place until tomorrow. Uh, of course, it will uh, likely go along party lines and uh, then move on to President Biden's desk. Uh, we also know he is planning on uh, speaking to the nation on Thursday evening, his first uh, televised uh, primetime uh, address as president of the United States. So we'll weigh into that just a little bit and see what uh, is anticipated in those remarks. Uh, I think there'll be a lot of pandemic uh, issues uh, for the president to cover. And so we'll break that down as uh, we go through the day today as well. And uh, let's start just with a little bit of uh, coronavirus and the focus. And this was an interesting one uh, as the bill has made its way back from the Senate. Remember, when it went to the Senate, uh, there it included the $15 minimum wage component. And that was uh, stricken from the bill uh, because the parliamentarian ruled it was out of order uh, under the procedure that they're using to pass this, which is not the normal way the Senate runs. This is being done through what's called reconciliation. Uh, and so there are things that you can't do in a reconciliation bill that you could do in a in a uh, more traditional or regular order bill. Uh, so that was sent back. And so that's a getting some uh, play from those in the uh, progressive wing of the Democratic Party uh, who want that back in there. Uh, and, of course, that would create a, a whole nother slew of, uh, of challenges for both the Senate uh, Republicans and Democrats, as well as House Republicans and Democrats, uh, if that were to, uh, to be forced in. But uh, let's listen just uh, quickly to uh, Representative uh, Jayapal, from, a Democrat from Washington, on where she thinks the bill is coming back to the House. I think our members feel, as I said in my statement, that it was bad policy and bad politics to weaken any of the things that we passed in the House, but that ultimately those were relatively minor concessions in terms of the entire package. Uh, and so again, a lot of those things that were uh, taken out, a uh, little bit of uh, back and forth on that uh, on within the Democratic caucus today. Uh, but that's going to move forward. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Liz Cheney, uh, Republican from Wyoming in the House, part of the leadership team 
uh, voicing concerns about the legislation and the uh, tax burden that it will place now and into the future. It's a real tragedy. Uh, when you look at that package, uh, we know that, that the result of that package is going to be middle class tax increases. We know for sure uh, that it includes uh, provisions that are not targeted, they're not temporary, they're not related to COVID. We could have had a bill that was, um, you know, a fraction of the cost of this one that could have gotten bipartisan approval and support, but the Speaker decided to go in another direction. We are going to be saddled with a burden, a uh, spending burden, and a tax burden uh, that is really uh, indefensible from the perspective of what it actually accomplishes. And I think you're going to continue to hear that, the breakdown, whether you fall to the left or to the right on this. I think there are clearly some things that need to be done and passed. Uh, and I just wish both sides would have actually done that negotiating and come up with that bipartisan bill, uh, a skinny bill, which could have addressed the immediate needs of the American people, along with small businesses in particular. Uh, they could have addressed those things without going into all of the other uh, giveaways and uh, pet projects that uh, were ultimately thrown into that $1.9 trillion. Uh, there has never been that amount of money spent in one fell swoop uh, with as little oversight and structure to it, uh, which, uh, of course, is, is worrisome. Regardless of where you fall on the political spectrum, uh, I think we all agree that whatever money is committed, whatever money is going to be spent, uh, should be accounted for. And those spending it should be held accountable for the results that it produced, uh, because uh, the ultimate challenge is is not that you can pass a bill and approve money to be spent, uh, because it's not about the activities. It's about the results. And so often we get lost in that. Uh, I often break that down. That we end up with a lot of motion, but not a lot of forward movement, or we have a lot of activity, but we don't really get outcomes that matter. Uh, and to me, that's the debate. That's the discussion we should be having. Uh, and so whether whether you think we should be spending more from a government perspective or whether you think we should be spending less, let's make sure we spend it right. Uh, and I think we can have that conversation as a country. But again, this this is one of those areas where we often end up in these fake fights. Uh, we're, we're quibbling over things that uh, really aren't the true issue. The true issue is are we delivering outcomes for the American people? And until we start to have outcome-based conversations, uh, we will continue to have a lot of activity, a lot of arguing, a lot of fundraising, uh, really good for fundraising, really good uh, nighttime cable TV news chatter, uh, but again, not what is best for the country or for the American people. Uh, speaking of the country, the President of the United States, Joe Biden, is going to speak to the country on Thursday evening. And yesterday, uh, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki uh, gave a little insight into where the president might be going in his first primetime speech. The plan for the president to deliver remarks on Thursday, I just wanted to give a little bit, put a little more meat on the bones. The president will deliver his first primetime address uh, to commemorate the one-year anniversary of the COVID-19 shutdown on Thursday. He will discuss the many sacrifices of the, the American people have made over the last year and the grave loss communities and families across the country have suffered. The president will look forward highlighting the role of Americans, uh, the, that Americans will play in beating the virus and moving the country toward getting back to normal. 
So again, that's White House Press Secretary Jan Psaki uh, weighing in there, uh, giving a little meat on the bones, not a whole lot, uh, but obviously the uh, president is going to talk about the pandemic, uh, Americans' role in that. And then, of course, the most important thing will be what is the path forward. I'm sure he will tout uh, the $1.9 trillion relief package, which he will have signed into law uh, by the time he uh, sits down in front of the bank of cameras uh, to speak to the American people on Thursday evening. And uh, we'll watch for that. We'll see where he goes. And it will be very interesting to see what his approach is to that conversation with the American people. Uh, again, let's uh, let's take it out of the partisanship space and let's look at it from a communication strategy standpoint for just a minute. Uh, if he is uh, going right to camera there, he's been doing most of his speeches off of teleprompter. Uh, he has not done a uh, a press conference per se yet uh, as president of the United States. And I don't suspect we'll see that anytime soon. And some people on the, the right are criticizing that and quibbling with that. And uh, I'm not overly concerned about that, to be honest. Uh, let the president do the, do his job and judge the results. Uh, that's what we need to get to. Uh, and so I, I think that's the uh, thing we'll watch for on Thursday evening. Uh, my, my hope would be, as an American citizen, uh, that the president is honest with the American people, that he is straight up and, and transparent in terms of what is happening and where things are going. Uh, there's a, a host of other issues that need to be addressed in the nation beyond the COVID relief package, uh, including uh, what's happening at the border. Uh, those uh, immigration issues are going to continue to pop up until Congress once and for all deals with those, which they should be able to. Everybody agrees on the vast majority of what needs to be done on immigration. So we can have that conversation. We just need someone to lead that conversation, and then let's get some legislation around it. Uh, and get that thing done and on the way. So that's what's happening in Washington, D.C. We're going to go ahead and step aside for a quick commercial break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to continue our focus uh, on Women's History Month and International Women's Day, which was yesterday. Some uh, more learning from some of the great women who have uh, graced us on this show with their insight. Uh, That and much more coming up next. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.